1: Congress votes to raise the roof. Many Democrats and Republicans
2: have voted against lifting the debt ceiling, but never to the extent of jeopardizing it.
1: World markets struggle to bounce back after COVID.
2: The global recovery continues, but the momentum has weakened, hobbled by the pandemic.
1: China-Taiwan tensions mount as the war of words heats up. This is potentially the most dangerous place on Earth right now. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, October 13th. I'm Rich Thomason. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett says congressional Democrat leadership's willingness to compromise on spending seems to be growing.
3: Speaker Nancy Pelosi says members of the House have told her overwhelmingly that they prefer to do, quote, fewer things well... When it comes to the Democrats' massive spending plan, indicating she's prepared to make some concessions to pass the package, it is unclear what measures Pelosi would drop from the bills. For example, if the money dedicated to home health care continues to shrink, they'll have to choose between expanding access to care or raising the wages of caretakers. Republicans and moderate Democrats have criticized the price tag of the bill while the Democrats hope to pass it without Republican support through the budget reconciliation process.
1: Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders says don't look for him to give in on his demand for additional Medicare health benefits. Here's Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew. Sanders has made it clear Democrats seeking to downsize a $3.5 trillion Build Back Better package will have to look elsewhere if they want his vote. Sanders says the inclusion of new benefits for vision, dental, and hearing are long overdue in Medicare. As he puts it, quote, there are millions of seniors who have rotting teeth in their mouths or are unable to hear what their grandchildren are saying. Moderate Democrat Joe Manchin says rather than spending more money for new benefits, lawmakers should take a closer look at how the program's exist Existing budget is being spent, and as Congress debates spending, Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett says lawmakers have once again kicked the can down the road. The House of Representatives approved legislation
3: to raise the U.S. debt limit, the final legislative hurdle to avert a first-ever national default that was otherwise expected to occur next week. Speaker Nancy Pelosi.
0: This is about meeting obligations
3: that the government has already incurred. Budget Committee Ranking Member Jason Smith of Missouri.
4: This is the Democrat Party. They do not believe there should be no limit in debt. They've said this on the floor, but that is not what the American people want.
3: The current national debt is $28.4 trillion and would be permitted to rise to about $28.8 trillion. President Biden is expected to swiftly sign the bill, only days before the October 18th date, by which the government is set to breach its borrowing limit and be unable to meet its debt obligations. Republicans vow to reimpose their blockade on a longer-term solution, setting up another congressional showdown in December. Every House Republican voted against raising the debt ceiling, even for a matter of
1: weeks, as Democrats demanded bipartisan support. Congressional squabbles aside, Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters says that retirees could see an increase in their annual cost of living adjustment, or COLA, next year. Over the last 10 years, the COLA averaged about 1.7 percent annually as inflation remained low. But the economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic has seen rising prices for a wide range of goods and services, and that's expected to translate to bigger checks for retirees. The International Monetary Fund is slightly downgrading its outlook for the global recovery from the pandemic recession, reflecting the persistence of supply chain disruptions in industrialized countries and disparities in vaccination rates between rich and poor nations. The IMF's Gita Gopinath says... The flames of inflation are raging in many countries.
2: Food prices have increased the most in low-income countries where food insecurity is most acute, adding to the burdens of poorer households, raising the risk of social unrest.
1: And she says every nation has a role to play in pandemic recovery. The
2: global community must step up efforts to ensure equitable vaccine access for every country, overcome vaccine hesitancy where there is adequate supply and secure better economic prospects for all.
1: Our worldindata.org says 35% of the world's population is fully vaccinated against COVID-19, while Bloomberg puts the number closer to 43%. Bloomberg also reports more than 6.5 billion doses have been administered across 184 countries. Countries and regions with the highest incomes are getting vaccinated more than 20 times faster than those with the lowest. The U.S. has ample doses available, as Pfizer booster shots, recently approved by the FDA, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson boosters could soon be approved for those eligible. The Biden administration remains determined to issue federal vaccine mandates, forcing some states to pass executive orders to combat what they deem as government overreach. Texas Governor Greg Abbott recently signed an executive order barring any vaccine mandate in his state Daybreak Insider's Greg Clogston has the White House response.
0: Press Secretary Jen Psaki said GOP Texas Governor Greg Abbott's order will not change the Biden administration's vaccine mandate policy.
3: Our intention is to implement and continue to work to implement these requirements.
0: She said the Texas ban is motivated by politics. On Monday, Abbott accused the Biden administration of federal overreach and portrayed the mandate as a
1: form of bullying. The battle is dividing many workers against employers. Daybreak insider's Ken Lorman says some healthcare employees have approved a strike against one major managed care consortium. Workers at Kaiser Permanente, one of America's largest healthcare care providers, have voted to authorize a strike by 24,000 nurses and other employees in Oregon and California over pay and working conditions. The company last week announced it will fire unvaccinated workers in Colorado. In Britain, a report from lawmakers concludes Her Majesty's government failed to impose a lockdown in the early days of the pandemic, And
2: that ranks among England's worst public health blunders. In the country's first comprehensive report on the pandemic, two House of Commons committees say the inquiry was designed to uncover why the UK performed significantly worse than many other countries during the initial period of the pandemic. The latest data is that the nation has accumulated more than 137,000 coronavirus deaths, the highest toll in Europe after Russia. Government officials say, though, that they did what they could in a time of crisis. The committees say decisions on lockdowns and social distancing has ranked as one of the most important public health failures the UK has ever experienced. Charles de London.
1: Concerns about President Biden's handling of foreign affairs in light of the Afghanistan debacle are focusing attention on the contentious relationship between China and
4: Taiwan. Former National Intelligence Director Richard Grinnell on Fox... Look, anyone who is paying attention to their classified intelligence briefings knows that Russia is a problem, but China is a real crisis, and we have to be able to make changes. Let me say that again. We have to make changes to how we're dealing with China. You look at microchips, you look at drones. This is not a uh, Republican versus Democrat problem. We've got a lot of Republicans in Washington who are part of the problem, who are protecting uh, this idea that U.S. corporations— can have sensitive intelligence or military contracts while also working in China. China requires you to have a junior partner. If you are an American company doing business in China, you have to have a Chinese junior partner. That company is loyal to the Communist Party of China. There's no getting around that. You should be barred from working inside China. We've pushed that. I've talked to congressional people about it. But look, we've got the ranking member of House Armed Services, Mike Rogers, who is against that. He's a Republican, and he is against that because it impacts businesses in his state of Alabama. I think that's unacceptable. We need to have a wall that separates these two because China's coming for us.
1: MSNBC's Joe Scarborough speaking with Richard Haas of the Council on Foreign Relations.
0: How does Joe Biden say to the Chinese, Afghanistan was Afghanistan? Taiwan, that's crossing a completely separate line. And it's something you just don't want to do because we want to build our relationship with you, not go to war.
1: Well, I'm worried that some young Chinese analyst has written exactly the memo you've just gone through and has told the leadership. That the americans aren't ready or able to to come to taiwan's defense and xi jinping who's a a man in a hurry to let the chinese know we're not changing the basics about our diplomatic position on the so-called one china policy we're not favoring taiwan's independence but we are telling you if you move against taiwan we will be there to help them and it would be catastrophic for your country economically and diplomatically and then we've got a we've got to match that with military might and that means more presence and greater coordination with Japan, with Taiwan, and others. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew says should the U.S. find itself having to defend Taiwan against Chinese aggression, a former Navy admiral says could also face another major player. Retired Navy Admiral James DeVrides tells the Salem Radio Network one of the biggest geopolitical developments in recent years is not only the rise and influence by China, but what he calls the growing condominium between China and Russia. Something with very real-world consequences, should the U.S. find itself at odds with
4: China. If we get into a serious conflict with China... We need to recognize that Russia will be closely involved.
1: Stavridis says China and Russia have a growing diplomatic alignment of interests and military activity, just short of a formal alliance. The Russian foreign ministry says Moscow has offered the U.S. a deal regarding both countries loosening restrictions on each other's diplomatic missions.
2: Russia has offered the U.S. to roll back several rounds of sanctions that have hampered diplomatic activity, but it's reaffirmed strong opposition to any U.S. military presence in the former Soviet Central Asian nations. Following the American exit from Afghanistan, the Russian proposal was made during the talks between Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland and Russia's Sergei cough. However, little progress appears to have been made on normalizing the work of the diplomatic missions, which has been hampered by the successive sanctions. I'm Charles de la
1: Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or salempodcastnetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again tomorrow. I'm Rich Thomason.